necessary for your transformation. Art is hard. Life is hard. Art is hard. Life is hard. Art is I've always identified as an outsider or an outcast and not even in a cool way, you know, where it's like, it's cool to be weird or it's cool to be different. It was, it wasn't cool at that time. Um, you know, some outsiders would still be able to find their, their, um, their group, you know, they were, they were outsiders, but they still, they still found somewhere to belong. I, I feel like I've always hovered on the outside of every group and at times maybe attached myself to a particular group, but not fully because I never, never fit there, you know? And even within my own community, I was always, if you've heard the Earl Sweatshirt song, um, I forget the name of the song, but the line from that particular song goes, too, too black for the white kids and too white for the blacks. And that's always been the line that I've walked. You know, like, I'd have white friends that I could no longer hang around because they were too comfortable saying the N-word. And when I addressed it, it didn't change. So am I hanging around this circle? That's not who I am. So I had to separate myself from that. Then my black friends would always say, oh, you sound white or you listen to white people music and stuff like that. But then later on, I'd end up getting that from a therapist who told me that, oh, you're not a, how'd she say? She's like, oh, you're not really black. You're, you know, you're white black. You're an Oreo. That would always be it, you know? So I, I ended up talking to that therapist about it too, and she cried. And that was the last time I, um, I had ever had a session with her, but she wasn't aware. She was so unaware of, of, of her racism, which is, you know, crazy for someone to be in that position to, to counsel someone else and they're not really suited to counsel someone else. Um, but yeah, um, I grew up in inner city areas, um, Elizabeth street, Walnut street, Waterville street, Arion street. Um, I think a lot of what kept me out of trouble was, was two things. Um, 
is definitely a social anxiety. Um, but that developed from childhood abuse about till it's maybe like 17 years old. I guess when I finally decided to attempt to stand up for myself. Um, but my father, you know, he had he had his own demons, and I mean, I'm sure he still does today. I had to I had to choose to forgive him and and let go of of all all of the the reasons why I resented him. My father was addicted to crack at certain points and times in his life. Uh, the most recently was is when my brother was shot and killed. And I, I wasn't I wasn't super close with him. I just have memories of him coming by the house from New Haven, Connecticut, and hanging out for a bit and then heading out. <clears throat> my brother Shawnee. He did time. My brother Jermaine, which I'm not too close with, and I was never too close with him. Um, he's doing life. My Uncle David was, he was a, a heroin addict. Always had a book, though. Always had a book. It's really smart. And I, I definitely, I definitely looked up to him in that way. You know, he'd always have stories to tell. Um, you know, even my brother, Shawnee. You know, I, everything I'm, I'm talking about isn't to discredit anyone, but simply to to for the sake of telling the story and and further conveying my my point of view um but yeah my brother Shawnee you know a lot of, I still have every letter you know that he wrote me from jail and um he'd always tell me to to follow my passions and don't do like him, you know, don't, uh, don't do bad in school. You know, he'd, he'd tell me I didn't want to go there. So I say all, all this to to further explain that these were my surroundings and, and my examples um, growing up. And I eventually moved to a street called Nicola Street, 
which is where I'd meet my first group of, of white friends, you know, and that's maybe three other, three other black families in the neighborhood. Um, so, you know, I'd, I'd meet, or before that, I'd only hang out with black and, and Puerto Rican, Dominican people. That was that was my crowd, and um, and I don't really know what my crowd is now. Just you know, if we get along, we get along. Um, which later on, I'll actually talk about uh, everything going on in the world right now. I've had some I've had some conversations uh, conversations with with white people, with black people, um, really open, uncomfortable conversations. Um, but anyways, these have been my surroundings and I've always navigated from that, that outsider's point of view, even within my own, my own space, my own community and I've always stood up for for what's wrong I've always addressed racism whether it's right in my face or or when it's a situation I don't have to intervene I've done that too um, and it just seems like I'm always the guy that someone wants to talk to rate about race with if I go out to a bar oh my god it's almost guaranteed I have people who can vouch for me <laughs> it's just it's inevitable but I guess I'm I'm grateful to have that ability, you know. I guess people feel comfortable enough to to approach me and and um, either work through their racism or or just they feel it necessary to be racist towards me. And I can usually tell the difference, you know. There's there's some people who will approach you and they're trying to get a reaction out of you which I've had those situations and I've always countered them with love and it's, it just confuses them, confuses them completely. Um, so yeah, this is, these are the grounds that I've, I've navigated this life and I've been really conflicted lately with, with a lot of the ideas that, that have been presented to me. Um, and also, this is an awakening, not just for, for every, for, for white America, but this is an awakening for black people too, because not every black person has understood or has had an understanding of, of what's been going on, you know? And that's been my biggest thing. I don't want to get online and act like I'm, you know, the super activist and I have all the answers because I'm learning too. And that's a big part of why I needed to step away because there's so much chaos and, and you know, we're getting the left perspective. We're getting the right perspective. And there's so much confusion there. What I've been doing 
I've been looking at the right's point of view. And, you know, like I've never been super political, um, never been super political, but I've always leaned left because that's, you know, that's, that's what you do, I guess, coming from where I'm from. Um, and everyone, you know, everyone in my family, at least immediate family is, is Democrat. Um, but what I wanted to do is look at both both ends of the the spectrum and and see why someone or someone who maybe opposes my views why why they see the way that they see so I've been watching Fox News and uh you know went on Trump's YouTube and watched some of his campaign videos and Oh, man, it's a really tricky world we're living in right now. It's a really tricky world because if you look from the right's perspective and all of this chaos that's been happening, and one thing I've noticed going back and I've been watching documentaries, uh, 13th was one that's really good. I watched the... uh, LA 92. It's about the the LA riots in 92. And what sparked those riots were the the beating of Rodney King and those, those six officers got acquitted. And it was the murder of uh, Latasha Harlins. And this was a 15-year-old black girl who was shot by a convenience store clerk. And she got off with probation. And um, these these riots were much more much more brutal than than what we've we've seen now you know it's they were listen this is before social media nobody was out there taking pictures with their cameras they were just on a mission and that's it that's all um the national guard uh was deployed and it was it was almost like deja vu watching watching this you know with Ahmaud Arbery and then um, George Floyd. It's sort of like the same pattern, you know, and and even Detroit riots. And it's, it's just, it, we've been here before, you know, and that's been the, the biggest takeaway for me that we've been here before. And what I have noticed is those those riots, those those protests, they sparked a change, you know. It, even if we're we're still here and we're we're dealing with these issues right now, but there were incremental changes uh, that were a result of those protests, and it just feels different now. It feels so much different. Um, it's just unity on just such a. It's it's a bigger scale. It's a a bigger understanding, I think, um, amongst people that these changes have to be made. Um, but one thing that I've noticed also was that a lot of 
political campaigns play off of off of race-based politics and that's just tell as old as time you know and that's where my mind just goes into a state of confusion because I don't know I don't know what to believe I don't know how far people will go to protect their assets is it to the limit of sacrificing black life um Because either way, like, one thing I notice, if whether it's left, whether it's right, either party is, is coming in um, can I put it? Either party's coming in and sort of swooping in as the, the hero. You know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Um, but one of the concepts I've really been struggling with lately has been that the left and the right are the same thing. And a big part of what we've been seeing over and over and what we continue to see is sort of amplifying that that illusion of choice um, or amplifying that someone's going to come and save the day. Someone other than us, but it's almost like there's there's a left side to a coin and a right side to a coin. There's the heads and there's the tails. But ultimately, they're the same coin. The same exact coin. And there's just been so much chaos, like so much chaos. So I think about it like someone from, this is back to the whole Five News thing, or uh, Fox News thing. Sorry, I got kind of went off track. Um, but you have people who only watch Fox News. You know, there are people who are so far left that they won't do what I'm doing because what, what I'm doing, the point of me watching Fox was to, to really put myself in the shoes of the opposing or at least to, to see what they see. Really to just see what they see. Now, if, if you're on the left, you're you're being fed a particular set of news also, but maybe it's more in, in line, more in favor of, of what we want as a whole, the people, because really it feels like us against them. But either way, you're being being fed a set of news with a particular agenda attached to it. And I hate, I hate for what I'm saying to sound a bit wrapped in conspiracy because I question it, you know. Um, 
I don't question the fact that what's been taking place is the truth. Um, I'm not questioning um, how this system has been set up from the very beginning to oppress black people and how it continues to. I'm not questioning that. I'm questioning whether the left and the right together are just the complete system. And either way, you vote. You're still dealing with the system. And what's with what's going on now and how you'll notice it's it's always race-based politics and campaigns are made out of them. Um, it amplifies that illusion of, of choice and ampli- amplifies that illusion that the left or the right is going to swoop in and save the day. But somehow I've been looking at it and it just feels like it just feels like a play. It feels like a play. It feels like a play on everyone's emotions. Um, you know, I've been trying to focus on on the positive media because I've seen some horrible stuff during these protests where you have innocent protesters. Um, who are attacked by police. Um, but, you know, I've, I've had conversations with. With friends and. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that they lean right. Um, I won't say any names, but I've been told that their family is racist and and they notice some some of those traits that have carried over into them, uh, but they address them and, and work through them. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have these conversations and I feel like they've been very productive. Um, But I just can't help but feel okay, this is what I was gonna say um so yeah you you have uh police officers um you know agitating protesters you know starting starting uh, things up, getting them riled up and spraying spraying the tear gas and all that stuff. Um, So my friend had mentioned that, oh, yeah, I saw that clip, but that's not the full clip. And this is a clip that the left uh, put out, and it's not the full clip. So he's saying that the protesters had the, the vehicle surrounded and, you know, the the officers were scared. Whatever, whatever you choose to believe, there. The the point that I'm trying to make is they're both takes. It's a one take on what happened. It's another take on what happened. It's a left take and it's a right take. Um, but one thing I noticed on on Trump's YouTube page, he has this campaign video where it's all peace and love, and this is what he's promoting, you know, and and people who 
you know, who are strong Republican and, and stick with Trump, they he's coming in like the hero. That's what he's coming in as right now. Um, and to the left, you know, Biden, if that's your choice, Biden is coming in as the hero, you know? Um, but what do, what do we do, I guess is my question. Like, what do we really, really do right now? Beyond the protests, where do we take this? And that this is why I've been, I've been educating myself because I don't, I don't want to, because there's been a huge shift in me, huge shift in me. Um, and I've, I've had what would be considered spiritual awakenings in the past. Um, but this is, this is different. This is more, it's like a, a more of a socially conscious, conscious awakening. Um, it's like a, something that's always known, but it just, it's almost just like your eyes just completely open to it. And there's no way to carry forward without moving differently. I want to read something from grab my phone. From the Art of War. Um, could actually listen to the whole audiobook on YouTube. Um, let's see. This just felt a little bit relevant to to our, our current day. These are just some notes I took. Water shapes its course according to the nature of the ground over which it flows. The soldier works out his victory in relation to the foe he is facing. Therefore, just as water retains no constant shape in warfare, in warfare there are no constant conditions. So there was one of my followers, I forget her name, had posted something about... Um, the importance of disorganization, and I felt like it was something I needed to hear, um, because I had uh, I talked about disorganization and my last post, or feeling uh, that we were moving out of emotion, and I think, and and especially understanding this book, um. You know, those those thoughts were definitely valid thoughts, you know. Um, so what I'm trying to say is, you know, what's what's the next move? What what shape do we take now as water? What shape do we take um, at this point in time? I'm going to read a little more. Maneuvering with an army is advantageous. <clears throat> with an undisciplined multitude, most dangerous. If you set a fully equipped army in march in order to snatch an advantage, the chances are that you will be too late. On the other hand, to detach a flying column for the purpose involves the sacrifice of its baggage and stores. Thus, if you order your men to roll up their buff coats and make forced marches without halting day or night, 
covering double the usual distance at a stretch, doing hundredly in order to rest an advantage. The leaders of all your three divisions will fall into the hands of the enemy. The stronger men will be in the front. The jaded ones will fall behind. And in this plan, only one-tenth of your army will reach its destination. If you march fiftyly, in order to outmaneuver the enemy, you will lose the leader of your first division and only half your force will reach the goal. If you march thirdly, with the same object, two-thirds of your army will arrive. We may take it, then, that an army without its baggage train is lost. Without provisions, it is lost. Without bases of supply, it is lost. We cannot enter into alliances until we are acquainted with the designs of our neighbors. We are not fit to lead an army on the march unless we are familiar with the face of the country, its mountains, its forests, its pitfalls, its precipices, its marshes, and swamps. We shall be unable to turn natural advantage into account unless we make us unless we make use of local guides. Ponder and deliberate before you make a move. He will conquer who has learned the artifice of deviation, such as the art of maneuvering. The Book of Army Management says, on the field of battle, spoken word does not carry far enough. Hence, the institution of gongs and drums, nor can ordinary objects be seen clear enough. Hence, the institution of banners and flags. Gongs and drums, banners and flags are means whereby the ears and the eyes of the hosts may be focused on a particular point. So, a big chunk of what I took from this was that we need to become more familiar with the systems in place. We need to become more familiar with this country, its mountains and forests and pitfalls and precipices. Um, and ponder and deliberate before you make a move. So we really have to figure out what that next move is. And I have no fucking idea. That's why I'm not going to get up here and, and say, we need to do this, we need to do that, because I have no fucking idea. So, I'm, I'm guessing, or no, there are, there are people in, um, who have better understanding. And... can offer a more informed take on what's going on. These are simply my thoughts, simply my thoughts. And, you know, I record my audio, same as my music in this closet space with some blankets for some padding. And you'll probably hear that fan in the back now though, because a fan broke on my laptop, but I felt it necessary to come in here and it's dark and I'm just here with my thoughts and this microphone and the intention behind this is, is a positive one. Um, 
So, you know, I don't know how this is going to be taken. I've, I've lost followers uh, who are black. I've lost followers who are white during this point in time. Once again, maybe I wasn't black enough. My ideas weren't black enough. Maybe my ideas weren't white enough. I don't know, but my ideas are are my ideas. They're my thoughts, and I've been fortunate enough to connect with with more outsiders. So maybe, maybe uh, you know, maybe this is a, a group in itself. You know, people who who feel similar. You know, people who. who feel called to speak but may not know exactly what to say. I fall in that category. I I have no idea. You know, this is this is a big awakening for me as well. And it's felt like an episode of the Twilight Zone. That's exactly how it's felt. I really feel like I've been here before. We've been here before. I haven't been sleeping right. I've been sleeping in the morning, you know. Hmm. I even wrote something about it. That's how serious it's been. Yawning. I've been awake from dusk to the morning. Birds sang lullabies while I rub sunken eyes, take a look out the blinds, people jogging. Hmm. And here I am. 6 a.m. on my way to dreamland, where every little detail goes according to plan. Inhibitions are gone and the sky is cyan. So vivid. So I haven't been sleeping. Um, My mind's been a bit crazy, but, you know, I've been having a lot of insightful conversations. And some of those have been till three in the morning. Um... But the purpose of those conversations were were really rooted in, in finding some sort of understanding or coming to some sort of understanding between one another. And ultimately that that's exactly what, what happened, you know, and it's still being worked through. Um and I'm still, you know, I'm still finding my place in all of this. You know, one thing I do know is is my place has been to continue to educate myself and, and learn more about my history and and better know myself in in regards to my history. Keeping my mind clear. I meditated for about an hour today. I haven't done that in a long time. But it's been extremely helpful. And I decided to come in here after I meditated to record. Just to have a a clear mind. And still it's crowded. Started off doing a breathing meditation. And my mind was just way too busy. And I just felt that I needed to just observe my thoughts. Don't make it about the breathing, just just allow my thoughts to go. And they were just 
to the point where I couldn't even decipher what I was thinking at points and times. But I sat with it for a while. Um, and sometimes answers just come to you. They just, they just come to you. So I just wanted to get up here and check in and tell you guys I love you and I know this has been a bit all over the place, but that's where my mind is right now. That's how my mind's been. So again, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what the point of this was other than to try to convey my point of view and where where I've I've been standing for a majority of my life and there's so many so many other pieces to it that I haven't talked about you know like a lot of pieces but we've been here before the difference is our message is amplified the understanding is amplified And I want to keep this going within myself, making sense of things, learning, taking it beyond social media, you know, not letting the flame die out. All right, I think that's it. Cool. Peace, y'all. This pain is necessary for your transformation. Art is hard. Life is hard.